Welcome to episode 34 of Central Intelligence Cinema. Today, we've got a sparkly brand new Intel report lined up for you, as well as a 99.9% spoiler-free review of the FX spy series, The Old Man. So Mr. Brosnan, if you would please, take it away. Beg your pardon, forgot to knock. To the CIC initiating security clearance. My name is Napoleon Soto. Bond. James Bond. Ethan Hunt. Felix Leiter. Ilya Kuriaki. Identity confirmed. Now, pay attention, 007. Welcome to Central Intelligence Cinema, a podcast dedicated to spy movies and secret agent pop culture. Your mission, should you decide to accept it. Remember, nothing ever goes according to plan. Tom, what do you think you're doing? Keeping the British hand on Talk? Yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah. Recording from an undisclosed location where all of my fucks have been transported to, it's a Central Intelligence Cinema Podcast. I'm Jason Grieber, and with me, as always, Ben Slinger. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. That was perfect. Absolutely perfect. God, I couldn't have said it better myself. And welcome back. Welcome, welcome back to the CIC, the spy movie podcast that is on the podcast charts in Ireland for film reviews at a hundred at 176. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, we broke the top 200. That's right. Climbing 13 spots this week on the <laughs> countdown, a couple of plucky lads from an undisclosed location are crushing it in Ireland. <laughs> a listener writes in and says, hey, dear Casey, I think those two guys doing the spy podcast are amazing. Zoinks. Zoinks and Stu. I'd like to send out a long distance dedication to Ben and Jason, the spies who loved me. <laughs> here's your request and dedication <laughs> oh goodness well th thanks ireland yeah thanks ireland early shout out to ireland man rocking it as usual i loved everything about ireland except getting covid <laughs> that wasn't really ireland's fault that wasn't ireland's fault at all in fact it was the jackasses that i went to their wedding <laughs> bunch of yanks Screwing it up, <laughs> even across the <laughs> pond. Our reputation precedes us. Indeed, indeed. But, uh, man, we have a dossier packed to the brim of Intel and a spoiler-free-ish first impression style review of the uh, FX spy TV series, The Old Man. So uh, that should be fun. Yep. Don't go confuse it with the old dude. That is something entirely different. <laughs> yes. Same actor, but. <laughs> yeah. Whole different storyline. Whole different storyline. And if it's the old men, then, then that's us. And then we'll. <laughs> exactly. Then we're just, we're going off on a whole nother tangent. That's right. But before we get into all of the uh, the goodness that is the, the Intel report, shout outs, more shout outs. I wanted to quick mention that once again, I had. Yeah, more. Although I, I think this is the last of a string of ambassador duties that I'll be having for a little while, at least. I think after this, it'll be strictly CIC for a bit. Uh, but I had ambassador duties on the uh, James Bond and Friends podcast for their debrief episode of Quantum of Solace. So uh, that was fun to be the official uh, Quantum of Solace apologist. <laughs> on that, on that episode. <laughs> uh, 
Thanks to uh, James Page of MI6HQ, as well as Bill Koenig of the Spy Command, and Ace Bond illustrator and graphic artist Sean Longmore. Thank you all for being such pleasant companions on the uh, adventure that is James Bond and Friends. Also, last but certainly not least on the shoutouts list, um, shout out to one of our longtime listeners, Agent Mark Miller, who uh, recently requested a movie for us to review. I bring this up since many of our listeners probably have not seen it yet. So, your mission, dear tens of listeners, should you choose to accept it, is to watch The Assignment. The movie is called The Assignment. It's a 1997 spy movie starring Aidan Quinn and Donald Sutherland and Ben Kingsley. That way you'll be prepared for our next big fantastic review. (laughs) (laughs) You could say that their assignment is to, is watch, to the watch the assignment. Indeed, indeed. But hey, if you want us to review something in particular, why not get in touch with us? Because obviously we're open, man. So uh, please reach out to us at email. It's uh, cicdeaddrop at gmail.com. Or on Instagram, you can DM us at uh, Central Intelligence Cinema, separated by underscores. Or contact me on Twitter at cicspypod, which... Bond Twitter, you people are spicy. That's all. I'm just going to leave it at that. That's a spicy world out there. And I'm just a (laughs) spicy girl. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) moving on. Um, Also, if you would like a shout out or maybe you just want to show some love, why not give the CIC a glowing, effervescent five-star review? Sparkling. Uh, Sparkling. Shiny. Shiny. Like we were expecting Hubble five-star reviews from you. Now we're expecting James Webb five-star reviews from you. That's right. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, uh, yeah, give us a, a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so that our uh, show gets seen faster when people uh, search for stuff like this. Now that I've got some of that homework out of the way, shall we get into our, uh, some intel? Let's hit it. Looking for a news story? Impress me. Transmitting CIC Intel dossier. They'll print anything these days. And with that, I think I will take a first sip of my drink here. A tasty beverage. Blackwell rum. Smooth. Delicious. You should sponsor us. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway. (laughs) The rum that all spies drink, including James Bond. (laughs) And the guys at CIC. Woohoo! Woohoo! Uh, first up on the uh, dossier, as far as our intel goes, so on September 24th, which is probably the day that this episode is dropping, at 10 a.m. Pacific time, Netflix is bringing back what's called a global fan event, weirdly called Tudum. It's Tudum. Tudum. So it's all caps T U D U M, which weirdly enough does not air on Netflix. It, <laughs> it airs on YouTube. But the reason I bring it up is that uh, Gal Gadot, Jamie Dornan, and Aaliyah Bat will all be on there talking about the new spy movie Heart of Stone. So I'm guessing we're also going to get our first trailer for that, hopefully, because they wrapped on shooting, I believe, at the beginning of August. So probably well enough time for them to cut some sort of little teaser or whatnot. Um, Heart of Stone is written by Greg Rucka, who also wrote The Old Guard. The Old Guard 2 is actually currently filming. Also perhaps interesting to fans of spy movies, we'll get a look at uh, Extraction 2. So that's something to watch. 
Mm-hmm. Once you're once you're done listening to this podcast. Yeah. Remember, kids, <laughs> podcast first. That's right. Home homework afterwards. That's right. And now it's time for news, news of the, the weird, weird ass, ass intel. intel. <laughs> I might put some sort of effect on that. <laughs> Cause man, we got some weird shit going on in the spy movie world right now uh first of all recently mission impossible 8 which is currently filming in london their filming was brought to a halt when a flock of sheep got in the way okay so that's a thing that happened and there were pictures to prove it (laughs) i mean Uh, what were they in the way of i well hard to know it's top secret stuff i guess uh, you know you would think tom could have just gone out and talked to him he <laughs> tom can speak sheep right I he mean, does everything else I he mean, does everything else i mean all he all he has to do is load the program into his memory bank exactly and, and it's I mean, right there certainly I know kung fu you know, they put it in there. Somebody plug the, the sheep whisper uh, program <laughs> into him and puts it in. And he just comes over. He's like, Hey, sheep, how are you? <laughs> great. Listen, I think you guys are doing great work. Great work with the police. <laughs> but here's the thing. We have a movie we have to shoot. So I'm going to need you guys to move out of the way. Just out of the way. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks guys. Thanks Love guys. It. Love what you're doing. Love your Love work. Love it. Love it. <laughs> So moving on from that, we've got some Argyle-related news. The Argyle news is that there's no Argyle news? <laughs> there's that, well, yeah. aside from the fact that we still have no trailer for this movie, this is such a weird story, but Hollywood Reporter recently had a story that pointed out that Ellie Conway, the author of the yet-unpublished book, which is the basis for Argyle, starring... Henry Cavill, if you've been living under a rock. Um, <laughs> she is nearly nowhere to be found on the internet. In fact, nobody seems to know who this person is or whether or not they're actually a person. So that's interesting because the deal for this movie is $200 million. So clearly the author is sort of maybe legit. I don't know. Read you a little blurb here from the article. It says, Argyle, the book, was originally slated for a September 29th publication that has since been pushed to March 30th, 2023. The book has no Amazon page, save for a German-language Kindle version scheduled for January 10th. According to Conway's two-line bio, she, quote, lives in the United States and is currently working on the next installment in the series. My first thought is that it's maybe Matthew Vaughn's pseudonym. I don't know. Because I get the feeling that's what this is. I'm starting to think that Ellie Conway is not a person. Pictures or it isn't real. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, 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 you know, it's so difficult to say for no other reason that we've seen one little snippet. Seven seconds. Of really bad hair and nothing uh-huh. since. Nothing since. Yeah. I mean, I saw there was a press junket video that Collider did with uh, Sam Rockwell, but he was promoting that other movie. I think it's called See How They Run or something like that. Right. And they asked him about it and he's like, oh yeah, Matthew Vaughn's a genius. But that's like all he said. There's like no (laughs) other information he had. Like, oh yeah, Matthew Vaughn's a genius and had a great time. That guy's really smart and moving right along. So I hope this doesn't turn out to be like some kind of like Joaquin Phoenix 
I'm, I'm, we're punking everybody kind of thing. Oh, God. God, I hope not. <laughs> that know, would be terrible. It was all engineered by DC so that they could get Cavill back in their red cape, even though they claim they don't want him anymore. It's an awfully expensive way to do it. I mean, well, allegedly, because you know. allegedly you've got, you know, you've got Sam Jackson on this movie. You've got right? Sam Rockwell on this movie. You've got Bryce Dallas Howard. You've got a bunch of people on this movie. This it's just it's all so weird. Anyway. Do you remember do you remember when spy movie stuff was just very cut and dry and you knew what to expect? <laughs> like you knew that James Bond movie was coming out when that James Bond movie was supposed to come out. Oh yeah. You mean like before pandemics and before Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah nowadays it seems like spy movies are like, eh, we'll get around to it. Oh, when we feel like it. Remember that thing we told you about four years ago? It's happening now. But hold on, but not right now. But not right now. Like next but, year. But sometime soon. Like it's gonna happen this fall, but actually next year. Right, right. Because remember that trailer we put out four years ago? We're going to release it with one more scene. That's right. The, <laughs> Which, in, in the case of the Argyle, one that spoils means, the one that spoils everything. Exactly. In Argyle's case, that just means that, you know, that one more scene is him walking out of the room after he's done. Right. That's it. That's it. And then maybe they'll just show the same clip of that girl like nodding her head in agreement. <laughs> like they took that seven seconds and had to edit it. Yeah, a 14 or 30 second <laughs> yeah. trailer. They'll recut it. It's just, it'll just be a, a series of head nods and like yep. reactions reacting to the same reaction shot. And then exactly. <laughs> and then they'll they'll do a reverse frame so that it looks like it's coming from a different angle. <laughs> yeah, they'll hey, flip maybe, it. We we should cut that. <laughs> <laughs> well, when and when I say we, I mean you. Well, while, yes. While I yes. tell you what to do because I have no clue. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Let's get on to something more tangible, shall we? All right, let's do it. Pinball, baby. Yeah. Pinball. My favorite bit of Bond news. There, We got a lot of Bond news to cover, but my favorite bit of Bond news is that they have officially announced their pinball machines for the 007 franchise, and man, do they look good. Oh, they, they look do. real good. We've got four different editions all of them look amazing um the pro edition is the yellow one if you've seen some of these pictures online uh the pro edition has a yellow cabinet with dr no it's all dr no themed mostly although i believe on one side of the cabinet you've got some posters for different movies yeah. but for, but for the most part it's based on dr no although the within the actual game console a lot of the features are similar between all four of these well i don't i don't really know about the fourth one because there's no pictures out at all for the fourth one so then we've got the premium edition which is you only live twice themed that one is the money that's the only one i would get yeah because it's got it has everything as far as the gameplay goes that the pro edition had but it also has Little little James Bond with a jetpack with a magnet underneath him that carries the ball in this one little section. And there's an underwater scene. If you're watching these videos on the uh, on the sternpinball.com website, on the left side of the game, towards the bottom, towards the flippers, there's this uh, transparent section where you can see guys fighting and they move and shit. It's fucking great. So I should mention... <laughs> These are not cheap. Uh, the Pro Edition. The Pro Edition is sixty nine nine nine. So 
basically $7,000. The premium edition is $9,699. So that's a lot. And then the limited edition, <laughs> the limited edition, which is Thunderball themed and looks about the same as the premium edition, save for the big the scoreboard. Yeah, the big scoreboard on the back, that's all Thunderball themed instead of You Only Live Twice or Dr. No. The color scheme's a little different, too. Yeah, the color scheme's slightly different, and the speakers look a little bit more... Yeah, they're pretty beefy. You also get a little certificate uh, or the little placard saying that it's this of this. Yeah. I think think there was like 1,500, if I remember correctly. Oh, I didn't even see that. Because I know... All I saw was that there were allegedly a 1,000... That were going to be released globally, something like that. So one of a thousand, ten of a thousand. Right. And then there's a 60th anniversary limited edition, which no one has seen yet. That that supposedly features all six Bonds, not just Connery. Really? Yeah. And you know that one's going to cost a fortune. Oh, of course it is. And I'm just, I'm my my main curiosity is how much the the table's going to change, right? If you're trying to integrate everybody, you're still just going to get the the Connery centric table. Right. With all of that tchotchkes that come along with it, or are they going to try and integrate? I mean, are we going to get an Aston on one side, and then we're going to get a submarine Lotus on the other side? Right, right. You know, I mean, how do you, how do you, I hope that if, because they're going to charge up the wazoo for whatever it is. Yes. Uh, I hope that they, they alter enough of the, the game to make it worth whatever exorbitant price they're going to ask for. Cause that limited edition was like, what, almost 12? The limited edition is $13,000. There you go. So it's a big, big jump from just the the premier model. Yeah. The premium model. We're basically the same setup. Right. You've got the jump from the pro to the premium, which is roughly three grand. So you're paying three grand for a James Bond and a jetpack with a with a magnet. Which totally worth it. (laughs) I'm just gonna say right now, if you're talking about ridiculous pinball machine money. Yeah. You might as well get the one that's got everything. Right. I wouldn't get the limited edition just because I'm not the biggest Thunderball mm-hmm. guy. You you got to be a major Thunderball guy to spend the extra dosh just to get one that has Thunderball on the scoreboard, but has the exact same gameplay as the You Only Live Twice one. That's exactly it. That's, it's, it's literally a collector deal. And, and if you're, yeah. I mean, granted, you know, we're not so bourgeoisie that, you know, $9,000 <laughs> is, well, this one's the bargain. But you know, by the same token, I mean, unless you're diehard, you're, why wouldn't you just get the midline one? It play, it'll play the same as the big one. It right. probably plays the same music. as Everything is probably exactly the same, except you don't get the little placard and you don't get the better speakers. And I'm telling you right now, you could mod those speakers. Yeah. All the same. Very exciting stuff. I'm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean. I'm still going back and forth in my head about whether or not I can convince my wife that it's a great deal to do it. <laughs> yeah, I was I was talking him off the ledge earlier today. He really was, man. Holy cow. I don't I just don't know if I can wrap my head around nine. Well, let's see. I really want the only live twice one. You gotta have the jetpack, man. <laughs> you have to. But that's like, that's 10 grand plus another probably $700 to $1,000 for delivery and setup. If you do the white glove setup, which I would want because I'm an idiot. And so I'd want them to put it together correctly so that I don't screw it up. <laughs> so that's a lot of money. That's like 11 grand. Whew. A lot of entertainment dollars 
for what may not end up being a lot of entertainment. Yeah, but man, that would be the piece de resistance. That's all. Oh yeah, I mean, even without you know, they say limited edition, right? But they're not going to make all that many of the the premium version either. No, I mean, so that's something that that's a that's literally a collectible that will probably never lose money. Well, and on that note, actually. You know, when when I first found out that Stern was going to make a brand new 007 pinball machine, I started looking around at pinball machines just in general to get a basic idea of how much Mm -hmm. these things cost. And what did I find but a vintage GoldenEye-themed pinball machine? And those suckers do not go down in value. Because that one, they wanted $15,000 for, baby. (laughs) Because eventually in, they all get trashed. Right. And this one was in perfect working order. Like the whole shebangabang. Like I even found out that apparently it had like the big satellite that's at the beginning of the movie, you know, that gets trashed by the, the EMT or whatever. The EMP. EMP. <laughs> EMT. <laughs> by the EMP. So that satellite is in the pinball machine. And apparently that's the one piece that always tends to break or whatever. So yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But this one was intact. (laughs) There you go. You know, it's funny. So Stern has been killing it with pinball machines for the last 10 years. They've released a whole bunch of rock and roll artist theme ones. Like they did Aerosmith, uh, Iron Maiden, I think they did, but they did a uh, Led Zeppelin one last year or the year before. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was in the same quandary you were about that one because they had, they had three versions the one in the middle was the one I wanted. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, $9,000. And my wife <laughs> loves playing pinball. Well, that's, and that's my wife too. And, but, and when I told her what the prices were today, she was like, so the cheap one, right? <laughs> <laughs> and in your brain, you're like, I should say yes to get it, but I really want the other one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My wife, she is on uh, pinball teams out here. She does competitions sometimes, things like that. She's mm-hmm. actually pretty good at it. Oh, um, really? You know, so we'll go to the, the game houses out here and she'll just sit there on the pinball machines with like four bucks and be there for two hours. And I burned through a roll of quarters. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go play <laughs> Asteroids because I can last on that for a while. <laughs> but so I've been seeing all of these things like the Led Zeppelin one. The only nice thing about having a pinball machine in your house, as opposed to just going and paying to play somebody else's, mm-hmm. is you can hear it. Yeah, because there's not music blurring. It's not being drowned out by the sound of all the other machines. Yep. yep. Also, so, you know that not a million gross people have touched it and done God knows what on it. Yeah, the cooties <laughs> stuff is also an issue. <laughs> Especially in this day and age. Oh, uh, and I mean, yeah. I've seen some of these snot-nosed <laughs> kids, literally, that have played stuff. <laughs> I feel like sometimes, I mean, get on a pinball machine like, ah, Egon. Your mucus. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I mean, just a bit more information um, for those of you who have not seen any of the pictures. There is a big Russian missile uh, bumper type thing. Yep, from, from You Only Live Twice. It's from You Only rock- Live Twice. It's the rocket yeah. that the that the gigantic penis rocket swallows. Yes, exactly. And then <laughs> it also has the uh, DB5. I know we've, we've all... We've all had our fair share of the DB5 for the last 10 years in movies, but... Not as cool as this one. Not as cool as this one because it literally ejects out of the top. The ball ejects out of the top of the DB5 and then 
rolls back down towards your flipper thing. And it's really frigging cool. Yeah, it's so, amazing. And again, like I said, the You Only Live Twice version has the little jetpack guy. So with the with the but, magnet that delivers the ball down to the thing. Is there anything else that I'm missing? No, there's no. A bunch I, of, there's a bunch of pictures of different Bond girls. Yep. And uh, the artwork is just, artwork's top notch. Like, there's a little. But it's, it's replicated. So like the, the backboard, the scoreboard is replicated off of the poster, I think. Yeah, um, yeah. Really well, too. Like yeah, the artwork if, is beautiful. The artwork is got, absolutely beautiful. It's got a like a an LCD display that will probably have the mini games and stuff on it. Even the bass sound system on Stearns are really great. And you're gonna probably there's gonna be the option to pick the songs you want to do. So it'll play the theme song. You pick whichever mission you want to play. It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> I cannot I cannot wait for these things to show up at our local places over here. So yeah. you and I can go play it, and then yes. we can do a review on a, a future Intel report. Of just oh my how God. awesome it was. Indeed. I even noticed too, like, you know, it's been a it's been a hot second since I played a pinball machine, but it looks like it has some sort of Bluetooth enabled thing that will Yeah. That will connect up so that you can track your points and track your game history playing the pinball machine. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, that is very cool. So all kinds of bells and whistles. Literally. Um <laughs> but whew, more to come on that. So, next up, I'm very excited about this one. Um, on October 4th, the uh, the day before Global James Bond Day and the official 60th anniversary of James Bond, we are getting the Sound of 007 in concert as sort of the kickoff to the 60th anniversary. And the, the concert is created by Eon and produced by five-time Bond composer David Arnold, who's going to be playing this super fucking cool guitar i don't know if you've seen the pictures of this jason no no it's got the it's got the gun barrel like printed on the on the guitar itself nice and then there's like a 007 down at the end of the neck it looks cool as hell and then they're going to auction that off at the end of it nice Um, so yeah for charity and whatnot so that's super cool and then the lineup for this thing includes lulu chrissy hind becky hill ella Iyer. Jamie Cullum, John Grant, and Paloma Faith will join Dame Jurley Bassey, Garbage, and Celeste, accompanied by the Royal Philharmonic Concert Orchestra. That's a lot of stuff. And There's a lot of action going on there. Indeed. And here's the best part of this story, is that you can stream the event globally on Prime Video. So you- That's awesome. So even us folks across the pond will get to watch it right in the comfort of our own home. And I will just mute it when Lulu is singing. (laughs) (laughs) I won't. I'll listen. I'll see if maybe. (laughs) Would you say this is something that might uh, engender a mini review or do you think everybody's just going to do it anyway? We could certainly give our thoughts like in an Intel report. So maybe coming up to an Intel report near you. Indeed, indeed. One last little bit of intel. So this is a follow-up to our gargantuan view to a kill review. And by the way, we can do worse. So (laughs) That's right. Mind your P's and Q's, misters and missuses. (laughs) That's right. But uh, during the show, uh, my good compadre Jason asked, who rode the snowboard during the pre-title sequence doubling for sir roger and i found out that it was snowboarding pioneer tom sims uh rest in peace who also not only was he one of the first two snowboarders 
ever, ever, ever. It was literally him and, and uh, Tim Burton or Tom Burton. I don't remember. I think it's Tim Burton. doesn't matter. Tim, Tim Burton only <laughs> did snowboarding when he did Nightmare Before Christmas. Right, but. right. Exactly. Anyway, the guy that has Burton snowboards now. But Tom, but Tom Sims founded, I'm leaving all that in, founded Sims snowboards and skateboards, by the way. Um, there was also another writer who did a little bit of the writing for the big air moments. Um, and his, his name was Steve Link. But the really cool thing is that the board that was written for the movie can now actually be seen in the Colorado Snow Sports Museum in Vail, Colorado. So if you're in the Colorado area on vacation, going up in the mountains, you can stop on by Vail and at the Colorado Snow Sports Museum and see the actual snowboard used in A View to a Kill. Pretty cool stuff. <laughs> that is cool. I mean, it's obscure. It's obscure, but I but mean... But it's definitely cool. <laughs> look, I'm just throwing it out there. Somebody's going to go... I'm not saying who, but somebody might go, might go <laughs> check that out. I'm just saying. Can you, can you imagine that conversation? Like the, the person that does acquisitions for that museum is he's probably listening to our podcast right now. Right. <laughs> he's, he's, he would be the kind of guy that's like, we got to have that in our museum. <laughs> yeah, right. He's like, wait a minute. <laughs> that's available. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> oh, and then a couple late breaking. I have even more Intel, Jason. There's late breaking news. All this stuff with us ramping up to October 5th and global James Bond Day and all this stuff. There's two late breaking things I did want to mention. Uh, the first thing is that we've got a new Bond music documentary launching on Amazon Prime on October the 5th called The Sound of 007. So that'll be interesting. There's a clip online of Sam Mendes talking about music and all that sort of thing. That'll be available on October the 5th. Also uh, coming up, by the time this podcast drops, it'll be out digitally. But then you can pre-order a vinyl version of it. It's called Bond 25. And it's a new album of themes, like it's all the theme songs, but performed by the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra. So that's kind of a cool little interesting deal. They're all like slightly different renditions. I really want to hear A View to a Kill as, yeah. as, as a full <laughs> orchestral. orchestral. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready for that. Bring that on. I mean, you kind of get that in the movie when... When he's saving Stacy, when he's coming down the yeah, coming but... down the ladder from the fire or whatever, but like to hear the full thing might be kind of cool. We'll see. Yeah, well, you you know the horn section is loving the idea of this idea. Oh, or yeah. this this kind of thing. Like, ooh, we're finally gonna really get in there. That's right, exactly. Everybody's getting paid. So <laughs> <laughs> So that's about it for Intel. I guess uh, we'll get into this uh, little review here. All right, let's do it. Hello? Hey, kid, it's me. They found me. You and I were not going to be able to talk again. Remember that I love you, that I'll always love you. I want to understand how your world works. Come with me, I'll tell you everything. I know what started all this. This thing's been buried in the ground for 30 years. I wanted it to stay there. There's no limit to the damage he'll do or the things he'll destroy. Okay, so the old man, 
the uh, TV series that recently aired on FX, directed by John Watts, Jet Wilkinson, Greg Yetans, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, and Zetna Fuentes. So John Watts did, I believe, two or three episodes. He uh, previously, he worked on, he directed Spider-Man Homecoming, Spider-Man Far From Home, and Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, Jet Wilkinson also directed a handful, a couple episodes. Uh, he is responsible for the Daredevil TV series, the Punisher series, uh, an episode of The Chai, and a couple episodes of Warrior Nun. Greg Yatans directed Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon, as well as a couple episodes of House, which I find really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and then Zetna Fuentes uh, previously had directed episodes of Jessica Jones and Grey's Anatomy. She has a huge resume. So a really tenured group of directors to handle this, which seems appropriate given the fact that this is starring Jeff friggin' Bridges. Right, so. right. Can I just go on record saying that House of the Dragon would be an interesting show to see as a mashup? You could put House in Game of Thrones <laughs> and you would have House... House. Of the dragon. Like the dragon, <laughs> the dragon is sick. They don't know what's causing it. They've had all the he wizards. Brings, the, he brings the in a team. In he brings in a team and with his acerbic charm and asshole nature, manages to figure out what's causing that dragon to die just before the dragon dies. <laughs> Excellent. I would pay. I would watch that show. I wouldn't pay real money to watch that show, but I would pay all the Monopoly money in the box to watch that show. Indeed, indeed. As long as Hugh Laurie is part of it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this show, the, the Old Man, was based on the 2017 novel of the same name by Thomas Perry. There were seven episodes in this season one. And you, like I said, you can watch it on FX wherever FX is available. I watched it on Hulu. Um, mm-hmm. And the show has since been renewed for a second season, which is good. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, I'm a little disappointed because I felt like, let's just do a one and done. Mm-hmm. And they could yeah. have. They easily could have. Bear in mind, I'm not saying that because I didn't enjoy the show. I really, really enjoyed the show. Yes. But sometimes I'm okay with one shoot on it. That was amazing. And then let's never come back and look at it again till we're nostalgic for it. Right. And well, I'm a big fan too of having something that can stand on its own. And if you really wanted to go back to it, you could probably add on and sequel it out as opposed to specifically, I don't know if this is terrible to do as a spoiler free ish review, but really there are some serious unanswered questions at the end of this season. Right. right I will just, right. I will just leave it at that. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's a fair assessment. I, I kind of felt like when I watched it that they filmed two endings and they're like, possible. Who, if I, FX comes in at the end going, well, maybe another season. They're like, okay, we'll go with this one. Right. Well, and here's the other thing about this whole show is, is Jeff Bridges went through cancer treatment during the filming. And imagine if he didn't pull through. Oh. Well, aside from the fact that we'd lose a national treasure. Aside from the fact that we'd lose a national friggin' treasure in one of the greatest actors ever, 
I mean, he's the dude, literally the dude. I mean, right? there are a million movies that I could bring up about Jeff Bridges and all the things I love about him and how great he is. But And he's absolutely fantastic in this as well. Oh, I think it's probably the best performance I've seen him in movies, whatever, in maybe the last, maybe since True Grit. Yeah, I mean, it is It is so well measured. It is so thoughtful. It, it just, because on, when this movie, or when this movie, it feels like a movie. It's really cinematic, the way that the whole, oh, absolutely. The whole thing is shot. When this show begins, I totally thought something entirely different was going to happen with this guy, mainly to do with his health. Right. And I was like, oh, no, this is going to be this tragic. And it just turns and then it turns again. And it's just the whole thing is a one big holy shit. Like, it's yeah. really it's really cool. Um, I should lay down the premise for people who have not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For the people who have not seen this show, this is this is just like a quick blurb that I that I found. Um, Dan Chase is a former CIA operative who's been living off the grid in upstate New York for 30 years. After killing an intruder who breaks into his home, Chase is forced into hiding. While in hiding, Chase rents a room from Zoe McDonald, with whom he is forced to partner while on the run. FBI Assistant Director for Counterintelligence, Harold Harper, is called upon to bring in Chase because of their complicated past during the Soviet-Afghan War. Working alongside Harper are his protege, FBI agent Angela Adams, and CIA officer Raymond Waters, as well as Julian Carson, a hitman hired by Harper to kill Chase. So that's the basic rundown. Jeff Bridges is Dan Chase, but there's another actor named Bill Heck who plays young Dan Chase, because there's a lot of flashbacks going on in this this show that sort of give you a glimpse of why he's now on the run and what happened back then that, you know, is suddenly being unearthed again. So we've got Liam Lubini as the young Balur Hamzad, and she is super great. Like just plays that role so measured and, and just, I don't know. There's something about her face that, that gives so much mystery and you like, you're so intrigued, but you, and you don't know everything that's going on behind she she, she makes a very compelling character. Yes. Um, because, you know, th- this could easily have turned into a sausage fest. And yeah. Oh, yeah. With the, with the level of actors that were involved in these particular scenes, you needed to have a female lead that captivated you to keep you involved in her character. She could have easily gotten washed out with all the testosterone that was uh, seeping through a lot of those scenes. Yeah, and kudos to both the performance and the writing as well. Yeah. Because she's given plenty to work with, but she definitely makes a meal of it in the best way possible. It's just, it's just, she just commands. It's just, it's great watching her kind of manipulate everyone around her in such a (laughs) subtle way. She's great. Then we have uh, Chaim Abbas, uh, which is comes back more as like this ghost than anything else, um, is Abby Chase, who was Dan Chase's wife who has passed away. So you pick up little clues within the first couple episodes of why she has passed away and, and yeah. some of that sort of thing. I don't want to give too much away. And then we've got... Oh, John Lithgow. Oh, oh, yeah. As Harold Harper. So good. God, you know, I will watch him in fucking anything, though. I know. John I Lithgow know. is just so good. Oh, 
God, I love him. But he's so good in this as the as the FBI guy that's sort of leading the way and just even though he's essentially retired, but they keep bringing him back and yeah, you know, and this case is bringing him right back into the fold because he's partially responsible for all the things that happened back then and and it's wonderful to watch him put younger dudes in their place. Yeah. When they're questioning his motives or or why he does certain things, especially the guy, uh, the character Raymond uh, Waters. Raymond Waters is this kind of, he's kind of a thorn in everybody's side. Yeah. And he just kind of, he's always questioning everybody and like nobody likes him in the, in the agency <laughs> and because he's constantly like questioning everybody's loyalty to the agency and what is everybody's motive? And he's constantly kind of interrogating within his own department. And like, he's kind of a dick, but like, he's kind of that necessary dick. Right. You know, but man, does John Lithgow's character put that motherfucker in his place. And it's great to watch. <laughs> so he's great. And then we do get to see there's a character, there's a actor, uh, Christopher Redman, who plays a young Harold Harper, who does an unbelievable. Oh my God. Does he nail that or what? Like spitting image, and it's it's, but it's all the mannerisms. The, he the gets voice, all the mannerisms. The mannerisms it, it's his cadence, the yes. walk, all of it. <laughs> it's so perfect. It's unbelievable how good that guy is. Then we've got Aaliyah Shawkat as Angela Adams, who again, that's another act. I mean, everybody in this cast is really good. Yeah, yeah. There, there isn't a. There isn't a quality actor in any role, even in bit parts. Yeah. I mean, even even the assassin, uh, Julian Carson, the guy who plays Julian Carson, I don't know his name, but he's fantastic too. Like he's really nuanced even. So, but yeah, Aaliyah Shawkat absolutely nails it. And I can't say too much about her character if people are just getting into this show, but just as, as this you know, young sidekick to Harper learning the FBI and almost this weird father-daughter sort of relationship yeah. that they have. But at the same time, things become clear to Harper that make their relationship strained. And oh, it's just, it's also she, good. She really, she really kind of provides the gravity mm -hmm. that keeps the Harper character kind of in check. Yeah. Because the level of gravitas that Lithgow is having to use in a lot of those scenes could very right. easily get around to, I am acting very good. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Yes. And, and she's just kind of there with the sort of, mm, yeah, I'm going to have to ask you to dial it back kind of thing. <laughs> so, and, but it works. And they, and they have such good chemistry together, considering how, diametrically opposed the two characters kind of are in their personalities but you could you feel there's a bond between them that is there between the characters it feels very real and then finally we've got amy brenneman as zoe another another stellar friggin performance zoe is just such a, a great character who gets yanked out of her life <laughs> into the fold of this crazy spy situation <laughs> like that she's just a just a innocent participant you know this this unwilling participant in all of this mess mm -hmm. but man it, it's what's great about it is that she's not helpless and that she's smart no. as she's smart as attack and just uses everything you know that she knows to employ to bend people to her will so that 
you know, her life isn't completely ruined by this whole situation that she's been yanked into. Right. As far as just things that, uh, that I really liked about the show in general, first of all, this is the first, this is the first spy because we've been watching a lot of, a lot of silly shit lately. Uh, yeah. On, yeah. On, on the show anyway, on, on the CIC. And this is a lot more grounded. It's a lot grittier. And it also really focuses on that element of spycraft of manipulating people and yes. like mentally and, and sort of kind of twisting people to do what you want them to do. Yes. And, and that is really shown off well in this show. In fact, there's literally a moment where that is being taught to someone and it's really, really good. It's, it's good stuff. Um, also the fights are good because they're gritty and they're not, they're realistic considering the age of Jeff Bridges. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, they're, they're not, it's, it's not like this perfect non messy fight. These things, things, stuff gets messy, stuff gets ugly and gross and, it, and it, the fights. And it's funny because it's just Jet Wilkinson guy having written on daredevil and punisher. The fights were very reminiscent to me of the Daredevil fights from the yes, first the season hall, of the, like the hallway uh, scene. Yeah, where it's just it's like this is actually longer than the fight scene in They Live, and twice as uncomfortable, <laughs> and yet it seems super realistic in comparison to the one from They Live. So, yeah. like you said, you're looking at what would happen when a seventy some odd year old man it's is getting into a fight. With a with much people. younger dude. Exactly. <laughs> so you're not you're not getting all of a sudden I'm a superhero. It's sort of like I'm just doing what I can to kick your ass and get away from here. Yes, exactly. Just using every every dirty trick he knows to to keep it moving. <laughs> <laughs> so that's one of the things that really stood out to me. The photography is awesome on it. I mean, it just it feels like a, like I'm watching a movie half the time. It's yeah, it's, it feels big. It's you know, the fact that it is international, the fact that, you know, you've got all this stuff, even if it, even if half of it was shot, I don't even know. I I didn't even see if, if they shot most of it, like out in the desert in California or, or not, but I mean, <laughs> which I'm sure they did a lot of that, but I mean, like it felt like we were in Afghanistan when they were in Afghanistan. Yeah. It's just, it's a very smart show. I think some people might think that it moves a little too slow but i don't i don't know i i didn't have a problem with that at all i didn't feel like there was a problem with the pacing of any of the episodes no. i kept thinking how the hell are they going to wrap this up because i knew what the episode count was i definitely felt that way towards the end as well i'm like oh my god how are they gonna how are they gonna give you any sort of <laughs> ending to this where's like when are we gonna see the payoff like the payoffs are coming but when like how right. are they gonna do all this shit <laughs> so just a, a really good, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, uh, certainly my favorite of the TV thing. We haven't really reviewed a whole lot of TV yet, but this is certainly- We watch a lot. I watch a lot, and and I will <laughs> say, I, I, I think this is three for us. We've only done three actual recorded TV reviews on mm -hmm. the CIC, but I would say this is my favorite. Oh, I mean, hands down. Hands down. Just really good stuff. Cannot wait for the, uh, for the second season. I hope they, I believe, if I remember correctly, I think they're going to try and wrap it up next season. I don't know for sure. Yeah, I don't really feel like I want to spend more than two seasons with this particular group of people. Well, <laughs> I mean, uh, because, how, much, how much longer is Dan Chase going to be able to <laughs> hack it? I, yeah, I just, I, because I feel like 
we, if you then you're all of a sudden you're getting you're going to get Ewoks, and I don't want Ewoks. I just <laughs> want it to end with Han Solo gone. You know, yeah. Han Solo's taken by the Empire. I want it to end on a down note. That's that's all the Empire Strikes Back is is a series of down. <laughs> See, I don't want Ewoks. <laughs> I just want closure. Yes. I, want, I want closure, and I don't want it to suddenly graduate into episodic TV. Exactly. Whereas this feels like a long movie. Yep. Like, and and I like it that way. Yep. Each episode feels very planned out, very thoughtful about what came before it, what comes in front of it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, I've seen good TV, compelling TV that can last four or five seasons. I mean, Breaking Bad. I don't think there was a bad episode in the bunch. Right. But even in Better Call Saul, same thing. But, you know, mm-hmm. those are people that know how to do that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I am not saying that the people working on the old man aren't people that know how to do that. But I did well, also watch Daredevil season three. So, <laughs> well, we're also going off of a book. This yep. is not this is not something that came it's not out a of- series of books. Right. Exactly. So there you go. Yeah, I just think, you know, if you have access to FX, I think that's it's safe to say that we both highly recommend it. it was, Absolutely. I will look forward to actually doing a review of season two so that we mm-hmm. can talk so that we can talk more openly about this season. Yes. Because, man, is it good. So go go watch it. That's a this is a good one, man. This is a good one. Do not miss out. That's that's your homework for after you're done listening to the show. And after, and after you've watched the assignment of correct. which we will be it's your reviewing. assignment, but this is your other assignment. That's right. That you watch after the assignment. That's right. Is to watch the old man to prepare for listening to two old men talking about the assignment <laughs> and scene and scene. But uh, I guess that's about it. Um, the, the only thing I'll mention is, so I bought a new phone recently. Okay. This is, this is my worst. Uh, this is my worst little transitional story. This isn't ever. just a segue. This is a segue that drove <laughs> off a cliff. <laughs> but my segue is is that I recently bought a phone, a new phone. Okay. And I needed a case for said phone, and I was looking all over for a, for a new iPhone 13 Pro case, and couldn't find one that I really liked. They all just seemed sort of, eh, it's fine. It's I guess, whatever. I mean, the other thing is, is I'm almost 50. I mean, it's, it's a fucking case for your phone, whatever. But I decided, well, wait a minute. I have a quartermaster at my disposal. I am part of a really small spy network called the CIC. <laughs> and therefore, I created a brand new uh, iPhone case that you can find at our merch store. And uh, so why not come down to the merch store? We've got a bunch of other stuff too, if you don't need a phone case. We've got t-shirts and mugs um, and some other goodies. Uh, We've got stickers, so go check it out. Um, And you can find that store. There's a link to the store at the bottom of the description of this very episode that you're listening to on your phone. So uh, why not go check it out? Might find something cool. But uh, I think that's about all we got for now. We'll just uh, we'll be back soon to do that review of the assignment. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. But with that, I'm Ben, and I'm Jason, and the CIC will return with more missions, more martinis, and more mayhem. <laughs> <laughs>